Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 6 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Tyler Howitt of the Couch Potato Philosophy Podcast. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Thanks. It is great to be here talking about one of my favorite movies of all time. Mine, too. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. Love, Man, you're, I you're with love, for a I, while. Yeah, I always love talking to people who love this movie also, or whatever movie I'm talking about. It's always fun when you're talking with fans. You know, it's not something oh, yeah. that you have to start looking for what to talk about. Things will just flow. Things just go. It goes great. So exactly. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to this week having a, a great discussion with you. Last week we had a great discussion with, with our guest Jay. And, you know, next week and all the weeks of this, I hope to have many great discussions about the movie. Hope, hopefully most of my guests are fans of the movie. At least they told me they are. Oh, yeah. Whether, whether they really are or not, we'll you have to You should get one see. person who just hates it and just to, just to see what they what they do. I don't know um, who that would be. That yeah, I have to try and find. It. No, the the problem is the people who hate it declined to be on it. You know, I, I I did have a few people that I that I invited and they said no, sorry, I'm not a fan of the movie. I don't want to be on it. But I do have one guest that's coming up in a few weeks that has never seen the movie uh, on principle. That's cool. On principle. Oh, on principle. Yes. Oh. Okay. And he he All told right. me that he's he's willing to be a guest, but I have to be forewarned he's not going to watch the rest of the movie. He's only going to watch his five minutes, and it, it'll it'll be a, it'll be a very interesting episode. Uh, it will very be, it'll be a very interesting week talking to him about it, and we'll we'll have to see how that goes. Hopefully hopefully I'll be able to convince him that it's worth his while to see yeah. the rest of it. You know I, I can't imagine a movie that I wouldn't want to see because of hype or anything like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just just to be contrary, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, I I see thousands of movies, so for me, you know, it doesn't really make a difference. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, I watch so much, so it doesn't really matter. But whatever. Yeah. So minute six begins with Paulina responding and ends with John starting to ask a question. So on Friday we we ended off with Holly talking to her living maid, Paulina. Uh, trying to yep. find out what's going on, make sure that everything's uh, set up in the house and stuff like that. You know, did did Mr. McLean call? You know, and stuff like that. And so the la- the the way that the the episode ended last week was basically she said, "Well, maybe you should make up the guest room just in case." So we start off today with her responding, "I do that already." So I mean, it, it's great. You know that that I mean we don't have very much background on who Paulina is. You know no. we don't know if she's just been with Holly for the last six months since she moved to L.A. Right. or was she in New York with them? No, we have no way of knowing. It doesn't. Right. Really, but it but it doesn't really matter. But you 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 immediately get the sense that she cares about the family that she loves uh, that she loves the family or she that she really has a good working relationship with her and that even there's a joking relationship between Holly uh, and and her and so I I I like her it, she's one, it's one of those very small moments where you kind of you sort of latch on I, I wouldn't say you latch onto a character because we only see her I think one more time um, but uh, but we we do like her from right from the very beginning. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, I, I, part of the whole thing is I, I discussed this a little bit last week. I love the fact that she keeps calling her Mrs. Holly, yes. meaning she's respecting yep. the fact that this is a married woman. You yep. know, in in, totally. in for, we'll find out you know later this week and and get more into it next week. But the idea that that you know she's working in a Japanese company and she 
downplays the idea that she's married. But here yes. in her own house with her live-in maid, she makes or it's very important. You know, she she makes it clear that I'm a married woman, Mrs. Holly. Yes. And and I mean, I found it interesting last week that she said, you know, did Mr. McLean call? You know, not did did yep. my husband call? Did John call? I mean, there's so many different options of of what it could yeah. have been. And she basically said, did Mr. McLean call? You know, yep. that type of thing. And then she gives a great response to to Holly's response is, what would I do without you, Paulina? And and I, hangs up. And hangs up. I, I love that that response. Now, I, I have a personal story about this. I remember in maybe it was 11th or 12th grade, I had a crush on a girl named Paulina. And, you know, <laughs> we would always hang out and stuff like that. And I would always say to her, what would I do without you, Paulina? <laughs> you know, oh, it, just, it worked out really well. Is uh, you know, nothing ever came of it. Doesn't make a difference. I still I still remember a picture I have of her where she was giving me a big thumbs up with uh, I don't I don't remember where it was or whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I this is. 30 something years ago. So I don't even know where she is. Not that I'm going to look for her because I can't even remember her last name, <laughs> but I just remember the connection to Die Hard. What would I do without Chipolina? And apparently I did well without her. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like also, and, and this is going to resonate, I think in, you know, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun too, too much, but in a conversation that that's going to come up with between John and Argyle as you know, which uh, I think puts us in the next episode, but uh but they're they're sitting and, and and talking and and John's being a bit cagey about the marriage and then of of course you know later on when he finds out that she's that she's using her uh, that Holly is using her maiden name, um, I, I love that he you know his is that is that miscommunication between between you know partners who are living uh, on other sides of the country and who are kind of struggling a little bit in their marriage that she does she does still consider herself married. He's being cagey about it a little bit with Argyle, but we get the sense right off the bat that that. Uh, that she is Mrs. Holly, and I, I think that's that's really it's cool. It, it gives a little bit of of what would that be dramatic irony for us to see? Uh, no, no, no. She this is this is a conflict between them, but she we do know where Holly does stand, which right. I think is great. Right, but but again, she wants him to stay in the guest room. Yes, she does. So that are, oh, that's, that's true. That's something true. too. There is a tension. Yeah, that that's just something too. I haven't seen him in six months. He didn't call before he got on the plane. You know, again, yeah. it's pre cell phones. So we, we got to yeah. give him a little bit of credit back then. You know, it's hard for us to grasp the idea that someone actually can't make a phone call. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, you, you and I are both married. If if we wouldn't call, we would be in really deep trouble because yes. there's before no excuse. Getting on a, exactly. yeah, before getting on a cross-country flight. Yeah, yep. exactly. There's no excuse. But back no. 34 years ago, apparently there was. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And and that does speak to the tension that's going on there. There is tension between the two of them. I don't think it's not that they it's not that they uh, hate each other. It's not that they are divorced. It's that they are they're struggling there. And it's it's even in that in the, in the late 80s, we've got this, you know, she's a she's a businesswoman. She's she's not a housewife or, or, or anything like that. And, and he is clearly having a little bit of a, a struggle with that, which uh which you know kind of comes into it certainly is a major it comes into play as a as a plot point so yeah for sure for sure and then she as you said she hangs up the phone she doesn't even say goodbye yep. or anything like that just hangs up the phone you know yep. the, the, and apparently that means she feels comfortable enough Paulina that she can just yeah. hang up the phone and and not get offended you know not not yes. be worried that she's offending her by hanging up the phone no no I, I I it's one of those things that I always think is funny in movies or or in TV shows where you hang up the phone when when in 
generally in regular in real life we wouldn't do that uh, right. but but it is but it is funny and it's funny and it also shows that relationship between them because it's not just like you know uh you know, later paulina and and she she hangs up the phone it's what would i do without you paulina hang up the phone and it's exactly. it's, it's it's good yeah yeah it's one of the things i mean i have a pet peeve with with the uh, movies and tv shows where where something will happen and then the following day yeah. someone will talk about it and they'll say you know the other night why didn't you say last yeah. night you know, yeah, it's last like night. last night, yeah. not the other night. Do, do you remember the other night you did this? And yeah. It's last night, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or when so you this... recap a com- you start a conversation in a in a uh, in a movie where you completely recap something that happened the day before that both of the people know about, but it's because right. the audience might not be paying attention. Yeah. Well, we're 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 getting that here also. We'll we'll get a lot of that oh yeah this week. <laughs> there's, oh yeah. There's a lot of of exposition for us. Not for anybody else. And I, and I like it. Yeah. I, it's done very well. There's no question about yep. that. So at this point, we, we get the shot of Holly back in her office. She looks at the, the pictures. Uh, last week, we discussed in detail which pictures there are and, and some of the, the some of the things we can learn from the, the various pictures that there are. There is only one picture of her with John. It's the yes. family picture. And she looks yep. at the family picture and then just, like, puts it face down on the, yep. uh, on the counter. Now... Again, we know why she's doing this because, you know, this is, you know, Chekhov's family photo. You can say that. Yes, you know? of course it is. It's, yep. But but you don't know that when you're first watching the movie. But, but no. it's not as if she's upset at him at this point. You know, we don't see anger or anything like that. No. You think you think that that would be the reason why she would be putting the, the, the picture down. That she's angry at him. She's pissed at him for something. But she's not. Yep. You know, no, she doesn't. She doesn't say. It's just you, John. It's for the slam script. it down. Exactly. Yes. It's just for the script. <laughs> it is 100. percent And it, it's yeah. great. It's great the way that they do that. You know, but uh, you know, is is maybe she's looking at it from the perspective that John was just inconsiderate that he didn't try and call. Right. You know, like how difficult and, she might say, how difficult could it be to get on a payphone and even leave a message? Right. Or he's. I think he's flying first class, and and I guess I don't. No, I don't I think so. I don't think is he's, he not I don't first think, class. No, I don't think so. I, no. uh, I, I again, we don't know for sure. Actually, there are only two seats. That's so, the only thing that made me think of it too. Um, I don't think. Again, I, don't, I don't think his his pride would let him, you know, take a ticket from her. That's fair. That's fair. He would have said, no, no, no. I'm buying my own ticket. I'm paying my own way because he he also is even, you know, he's low key planning on staying with his captain, you know. Right. Uh, in and, uh, you know, Pomona. <laughs> in, in, yeah. In what did he say? Ramona? Yeah. No. He, oh, he's, uh, right. No, he's a Ramona. Right. And then she corrects. Yeah. Him, Pomona. Right. <laughs> Pomona. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so I agree. Actually, that's that's a good point. I was I was going back and forth. We had we had decided my wife and I watched the, the, the minutes together and, and we had decided it was first class. And so I actually thought, oh, maybe he actually has a phone in the in the front. But I don't know when that happened in, you know, in I terms don't, of. I'm not sure if they flight. had. Well, well, this is what we know that in Die Hard 2, they already have phones. They have their phones. Right. That we know. Right. So it, it, that's only two years later. So yeah. it's possible that they had phones there. And and in yeah. that, in, in Die Hard 2, I don't think it was just for people who were in first class. I don't know. That's I mean, true. we know that's we know true. Holly's in first class. That's for sure because you know Nakatomi's yeah. paying for it. But <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't think about the fact of because there are only two seats and it's and it, yeah. it is a cross country flight. So and you there's, think and there's that a there would be more behind him. Hmm. Maybe he's in business class. Maybe maybe business. Even more than a reason that he might have if it's business class that he might have a phone. Right. It's true. So yeah, another another X against the. Uh, 
John for not Come calling. Come on, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Could have just called. I mean, they they do they and do we, establish and we know in, that the in the next movie. We well, there's a phone in the uh, limo. Right. Uh, so he could have could have called. Ah, right. oh, come on, man. That's right. But I mean, we we establish only in the next movie that he doesn't like technology. You know, we don't know that at this point. So the True. question is, is whether that was part of the idea or not. I don't know. Yeah. They had it all planned out. They had it all. They all. They all. They knew it all. It all. You know. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. And then we get a shot of John walking through the the baggage claim. Yep. You know, uh, still you know carrying his he's he's got his uh, he's got, the, he's got his suit. You got the teddy bear by that point. Yes. 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 Okay. yes. Oh, he has the teddy bear the whole time. No. Yeah. Oh, that's I right. Mean, he's got it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. He grabbing off baggage. Yep. Yeah. So he's he's got like his his little sports bag. And, you know, he's got a suit bag and the teddy bear. That's what he's carrying. And then we yeah. see this uh, beautiful blonde woman walk towards him and then past him. And he, like, follows her with his eyes and then watches her jump yeah. up and, and uh, I wouldn't even say greet. Because <laughs> she basically no. jumps up and is caught by – she straddles the guy standing up <laughs> completely. Yeah. Another passenger who's, uh, you know, just got off the plane also. And she squeals. And he looks yep. and smiles and goes, California. California. <laughs> well, I, I thought uh, – so what I – the way I interpreted uh, part of the, the meaning behind the California was her dress too or, or like what she's wearing because uh, she's wearing, you know, uh, leggings and a, and a kind of a crop top. And I thought, wow, if that's the thing that bothers John McClane, he should, he should fly in, two, in 2020 uh, yeah. or 2022, whatever 2022. we are now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I forget. You, you missed two years. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, because I was like, wow, it's, if that's the thing that bugs him, yeah, what's, what is it now? Um, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was funny. And, and also that she, cause I think he thinks he's, that she's looking at him at first. Right. Uh, because this would be the second woman he's encountered. Uh, and the first one, you know, gave him the long up and down, uh, when he, when he saw her, the flight attendant on the, the flight. Right. Well, we discussed uh, this last week. There is a, a, there's a cut scene with the flight attendant oh, where she, she comes on to him. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, wow. it's it's both it's in the script and it's also in they 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 actually filmed it. They where, filmed it where wow. she basically comments about the the bear. Yeah, and she says, uh, uh, you know, you should have gotten her a seat. And he looks at her and goes, her. And then he looks at the bear, like the crotch area of the bear, to see if it's a woman or not. And he goes, no, nah, I don't think she'd like it. And then the the stewardess says, well, I wouldn't <laughs> mind. Wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. you can you can find that wow. you can find that on YouTube. I will. They do have wow. that. They have they have like a, I I found I think it's like a twenty minute reel of a whole bunch of uh, cutscenes from the movie and it's on there. You know, wow. I'm, I mean, I, right. I, I'm glad they cut it because it's not needed. It it would no, it's not. It would sort of make him feel a little more lecherous, and we we don't want to feel that. You know, we want to feel no, we, at, at least in this movie we want to feel that that he still loves Holly. And that he's, yeah. and then he's, he's doing everything for Holly. Situation. Yeah. yeah. Which again goes with the, you know, the whole thing with this California girl also, you know, yeah. he's looking, but you know, he's not, he, he knows he's married. Yeah. You know, he's not, he's not concerned about that. And what I found really funny is, is that as he's walking at right after the woman jumps, there's, uh, there's this guy walking behind him that looks like he's, you know, talking to the person next to 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 him saying, Oh look, it's Bruce Willis or something like that. You know, like it, ah. it just looks oh, really, yeah. really funny. The you know, if you oh, look wow, at the, the 30 second mark, there's a there's a guy right behind him wearing a suit 
uh, a relatively yeah. young guy who's walking with a woman and he's like looking at Bruce Willis, but talking to her, you know, huh. so, you know, I, I love seeing that in the movies, you know, who, yeah. <laughs> but they I didn't catch, <laughs> yep. but they didn't catch making that mistake, you know, so that, that, that's just great. And then we see, you know, a, one of the, the workers in the airport come across with uh, all of these, these uh, baggage carts coming by. I, I, whenever I see this in this, the scene in this movie, it gives me a reminder that this is like a, a, a hint as to what they're going to do in Die Hard 2 because they have that there also. Oh yeah. True. You know, the, sure. they, have oh. the, they have the part where someone is, is walking across with all of these, you know, with all these baggage uh, carts at the same time. So maybe it's just yeah. a little bit of foreshadowing, you know, wishful well, thinking they foreshadowing. Die Hard 2, they for sure felt uh, decided to try and keep a structure uh, yeah. to the to the movies. They, they would lose that eventually, especially with Die Hard with a Vengeance. But yeah. 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 And Die yeah. Hard 5, of which we will not speak. Uh, well, well, eventually I hope to, but, uh, you know, that that's going to oh, be a fun you, one to do. Are you planning on going all the way through? My plan is to eventually do all five, but I'm not a fan of the fifth one either. So that's going to be a very interesting one to do. <laughs> hey, uh, bring me on because I, I, I hate that one too. And I would love to, I would love to be a, a, a discusser <laughs> of that. Right, well, uh, we've got a lot more to do before that, Tyler. Don't yeah. worry. A few, you know, a few we'll, years we'll see, probably. We'll yeah. see how this week goes. And then we'll see if <laughs> I bring right, you back. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and uh, then he he sees a a young man holding a uh, a sign that says J McLean, and we see the yep. the Nakatomi insignia on the the yep. placard that he's holding, and they they do a great job of zooming in on it a little bit, so we get to mm-hmm. see the, uh, what's actually written there, and then he he passes by, he misses it first, and then he looks back and sees it, and then turns around, you know, like and it makes me wonder what was his original plan. You know. Yeah, I I have thought the same thing. Did he know there was a car and he just isn't used to looking for a for a thing like that? Or is I don't think so. I think I don't he think was so. Get a taxi. Yeah, a hundred percent. But again, he was getting a taxi. Where was he going? You know, like where? Yeah. You know, part of the whole thing is is that you know this is in in on December twenty fourth, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. This was a Saturday. Okay, so yeah. he just flew in on on a Saturday, you know, uh, uh, Christmas Eve. And how does he know that Holly's at, at the office? Like, there's like yeah. all these different things that you can, you can wonder about because it's not really mentioned here. No, you know, no, like, I, no, I, cause, have... I mean, Argyle will we'll get to this a little bit, but Argyle will take him to the Nakatomi yes. building. But, you know, did he know that that's where he was supposed to go? Was he supposed to go to the house first? Yeah. You know, like what was, uh, what was his original plan? Well, even when he gets to the plaza, uh, he, you know, he, he types in the thing and, and, and finds out uh, this is another plot hole, which, which I think we, we get to. But uh, the, the security guard tells him to go all the way up to the top where there's it's the only people left in the building and there's the party. Um, that didn't need to happen anyway. But also, yeah, just this idea of was John going there the whole time? Did he know he was meeting her for a party? Was he going to meet her at the office? Go to the go to her house? Yeah, I I. I don't know. I kind of just assumed he was going to take a taxi and go to the house, but then Argyle kind of stepped in. Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, there's there's no there's no way of knowing. No, you know, we'll, just we'll no never know. That, that, I mean, we'll get a little bit later. We'll talk about it uh, in the script, but it's not mentioned yeah. at all. You know, this no. this is it's it, it's it's one of the big questions. I mean, one of the great things about doing movies, you know, doing a podcast about a movie by minute is that you do 
mention all you find all these little nitpicks that really don't yeah. make a difference in the movie. They really don't. No. But they're just fun to find. You know. Yeah, they're they're interesting to kind of just poke the hole in. And is it is it a hole or is it something that we, you know, that is like we like the picture frame. Um, is it just there? Is it there for the script and structurally we need it, even though it doesn't really make all all that much sense. Um, I. I gotta also say, if, if I'm if I'm not jumping the gun too much, but it, this is within our minute here, I I wanted this minute, and I didn't even or this this section of five minutes here, I didn't even realize it until we got to it. I said I want to talk about Argyle. Argyle is Deborah White is just my favorite. So like, all right, we'll, hold we'll off just a Argyle little bit. Here. Hold off a little oh, bit, and we'll get okay. we'll get to him. We'll get to no him. No worries. He's, he's so excited. He's there. So he's there. So he sees this placard and he like walks by and then turns around and sees it. And then this, this like <laughs> this, this high class woman like walks by him and like bumps into him and says, excuse me. And it's like, I, I was looking at it. And I'm like, who's, who's at fault here? <laughs> she's yep. saying, excuse me to him, but you yep. know, he's, he's the one who's standing and, you know, in her way. Yep. You know, and then he's like oh, yeah. quickly maneuvers away and, and lets her go. And then, we get to to meet new character who we'll talk about. Yes. So he so John goes, Hey, I'm John McLean. And he goes, Argyle, I'm your limo driver. So Argyle, as you mentioned earlier, is played by uh Devereux White. Yep. Okay. Now I knew him when I when I saw this movie. Did did you know who he was? What, what, Okay, well, you know what? Let, let's let me ask that. When was the first time you saw Die Hard? Do you remember? I can't remember. It has been that it's been that far back. I was probably I, I would bet you my parents finally let me saw it, see it when I was ten. And it was probably my dad, and my mom wasn't happy about it. Uh, and uh, I, but I've watched it every year since then. So we're at I don't know thirty twenty five years something like that of watching watching through Die Hard. So yeah. so long ago I can't remember the first time. Right. So so I, I noticed Devereux White here, but I always okay. knew him from Head of the Class. Okay. Oh, okay. Which he... I've, I I know of, but haven't seen. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, but but the the head of the class, he was he was a character on 47 episodes. You know, he played uh, oh, he a character named Aristotle McKenzie. Okay. Yeah. But you see, now that I'm, now that I'm looking on IMDb, I see that he actually only started that in '89. So it means that I would have seen him as Argyle beforehand. Gotcha. Yeah. So actually, this kind of uh, pushed this him came into that. right beforehand. Right. Gotcha. Right. I mean, he, he doesn't have Blues that Brothers. many. Right. He doesn't have that many credits. He has. No, he, he really doesn't. He has nine movie credits, and most of them are very small roles. This is probably one of his biggest roles. He's got a small role yeah. in Blues Brothers, small role in Max Dugan Returns, small role in Places in the Heart, small role in Axe and Jackson, and a pivotal role in Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and you would think that that would really push him. I guess it did in TV, but really he's got what is it five movie credits since then. Uh, only one of which I have heard of. Um, yeah, so... he's he's. Uh, I I don't know what he has been doing. He's he's not been acting, or, or not been acting in movies. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know what exactly he's been doing? I I don't know. No, other than he uh, in 2020 uh, reprised his role as Argyle yes. in a yeah. commercial. Yeah, I, I I saw that. <laughs> I watched that commercial last week. I I gotta say I didn't really like it very much. You know, I thought no. it was it was far too cheesy. You know, and having Theo yeah. as the main bad guy. You know. Yeah, it didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah, and having Argyle, you know, this this uh, you know, sixty year old uh, Argyle just doesn't doesn't work as well. Yeah, that one it doesn't work very well. No. Right. And and then Argyle looks at him and says, "Nice bear." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And I, John John's response is, okay, Argyle. And then uh, that's actually where this minute ends. We don't really, yeah. we'll have to wait until tomorrow to find out what he's saying about that. You know? Yep. So, like, first of all, the first thing I thought of when, when I was, you know, rewatching this is, what is Argyle? Do you know, what, what do you, what do you know, what, what do you know about it's the word? pattern, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a knit pattern, I think. I didn't think about looking it up, um, but it's a knit pattern. I've got Argyle socks. Um, I don't know if it's, a, it's also a specific material. Is it wool always, or does it matter? No, it's, but, a, it's uh, a pattern. Argyle, Argyle yeah. is a pattern. It's usually made of diamonds or yep. uh, lozenges. I don't know what that is. It must be a type of, of diamond shape or something like that. It yeah. sometimes refers to the individual diamond in the design, but mostly refers to the overall pattern of the, the, of the design. crossing diamond pattern. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And it usually gives the sense of looking three-dimensional and that there's movement and stuff like that. So the, the, the pattern originally derived from the uh, uh, Clam Campbell of Argyle in Western Scotland. And they that use that sense. for their their kilts and pla- and plaids, and uh, you know they originally then they finally had uh, patterned socks that, that that they would wear in the Scottish Highlanders Highland in the Scottish Highlands in the uh, 17th century and stuff like that. Right, which 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 makes sense also that they might they might keep it as socks or hose because in the early 1700s they 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 weren't allowed to wear their tartan any like their their right. actual kilt pattern so but maybe that's a sneaky way of of being able to still keep their heritage right uh could be but not not traditionally interesting right it's it's been it it, it became more popular after world war one in both uh, england and in the u.s and people have been sure. because they the duke of windsor would actually use it on his golf clothing that makes sense that makes sense okay and ah. <laughs> so in in modern times so there was a golfer in who won the U.S. Open in 1991 and 1999 named Payne Stewart, who was known for always being with Argyle Sox. And then there, there's a whole bunch of, of sports teams that use it. In the uh, 2010 Winter Olympics, the Norwegian men's curling team had uh, Argyle patterns. And you had the Garmin Slipstream cycling team, which were known as the Argyle Armada. <laughs> and then in uh, Major League Soccer in the U.S., the soccer team, the Sporting Kansas City, they they had also uh, an argyle pattern on their stuff. So you know, it's something that, that has lasted over the years. So, I was going to say, is that is that something? Do you think that is is meaning mainly or maybe meaningful in in Argyle's name and and that he's he's I don't know, he's a limo driver. He's supposed to kind of I don't know fall back into the pattern of things or I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I never I never really gave too much thought into it until now. You know, about why yeah. he would be named Argyle. Because you don't think of that as a name. And especially if you think of it just from the Scottish perspective, you know, Dvorak yeah. White does not look Scottish. <laughs> no, not, not so much. No, not so much. No, no. Huh. I, I, he wouldn't be mistaken for, for, for William Wallace. That's for sure. No, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Despite the fact that he's a blast. Yeah, yeah completely. And and what's funny is he mentions the nice bear. You know, that's it. it yeah. You can feel that he's nervous. That oh, he's yeah. just trying to find something to talk about right here. And and that's that's why I, I, I love I love Argyle. He's got this nervous energy about him. He's right. uh he's and we'll talk about this more. Well, we, in yeah, the next we can minute, talk we'll but, talk more about Argyle tomorrow. No question yeah. about that. 
but, but uh, I, love, so, I love his introduction of of immediately he's introduced as uh, uh what is it Argyle I'm your uh I'm, I'm your limo driver. driver and and yet he does not look confident in it at all and we'll again we'll we'll hear the dialogue about that in, in a second but yeah uh, or in the next minute but he the limo driver is supposed to know what to do yes you know and, we're, and as we're gonna find out he doesn't yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So did you have anything else you want to say about this minute before I get into the script and the novel and all that stuff? Um, I don't – no, I don't believe so. All right. I think so, we're good. so the script has a, f- a few little discrepancies here. Okay, she, she doesn't have the uh, – Holly doesn't have the line, what would I do without you, Paulina? She just – it says she smiles. You know, it says her smile comes through again. And one of the things that I love about reading scripts is the des- the descriptive as- uh, paragraphs that they have there where they're trying to explain what's going on and stuff like that. So I have a few that sure. I want to mention from here. So first of all, uh, it says McLean wearing his wool top coat and carrying the biggest stuffed animal F.A.O. Schwartz head in stock and his hang up bag comes down the American Airlines ramp and into the terminal. He avoids one near collision involving his stuffed animal, an act which drives him into another fender better with a cute girl who looks like she's ready for high tide at Zuma. As she smiles, weaves onward, McLean looks at, at his own Arctic gear, and then the girl, as she kisses a similarly similarly garbed boyfriend. So, the, you know, the, the script mentions the fact that, that he's coming from cold weather and nobody in L.A. is used to this cold weather. And yeah. stuff like that. And then, you know, he has the line California. Then it says he looks around the terminal. And then it says, from McLean's perspective, family reunions are going on all around him as grandparents greet grown children and their children. Young wives greet uniform soldiers. Our Babbitt businessman greets a pleasant wife and two pleasant kids. So they mention in the script, I love the fact that they mentioned in the script, the guy he's sitting next to on the plane, you know, meets yeah. his family. I, I when I was rewatching this minute, I was I, I watched it over and over to see if we see him at any point here, but we don't, which which oh, is pretty unfortunate. Bad, yeah, it would have been, yeah. been nice, you know, if it was something in the background that you wouldn't have noticed. It's a, so it continues. It's all very traditional, very touching, and not the least bit corny. McLean watches, moved by the sight, then looks around the waiting area, just on the chance his family might be waiting. Instead, he spots a thin, gangling black kid, Argyle, in an ill-fitting chauffeur's uniform. As he waits, he beats out a rhythm on a Nakatomi Corporation card with Jay McLean written on it in magic marker. McLean pauses in front of him, unsure. So I, it's fun that it's in the script, spot on. yeah, I love how in the script it basically says that that he's you know tapping on the the card. I I don't remember yeah. seeing him do that in the movie. Do you no. remember seeing him do that? He's just holding the I card. Don't. Yeah. yeah, here I I just, I, I'm, I, I'm I, just rewatching it. He's He's yeah, would you? he's just holding the card. He's not tapping on it. I think it would have been more effective had he been tapping on it because it would yeah. have shown, you know, his nervousness once again. And then the only other difference is, is instead of him saying "nice bear," he says "nice bag." Okay. You know. <laughs> bear, actually, I like bear better. I think. Bear yeah. No, of course better. that works. That works much better. So yeah. that that's all we have from the the script. But the novel describes Argyle completely different. Okay. Okay. And it doesn't even mention his name. He's he's not named in in the in the original novel by Roderick Thorpe. Oh, at all. Yeah. Okay. He's not named. It says Mr. Leland. Oh, the the, the character's name is is Joe Leland in the the original oh. book, yeah. not John McClane. <laughs> it was a black man, elderly with gray mustache. He was in livery, including billed cap and black tie. I was sent to pick you up, sir. 
And then Leland says, today, tonight? It wasn't necessary. You should be home with your family. Oh, I'm getting paid, sir, the man said with a smile. Miss Gennaro wants me to take you to her office. That was a change. Mm. I have to pick up my luggage. I'll take care of that, sir. Just let me have the tickets. Leland wondered why Steffi had bothered with this. Steffi is the, it's, it's in the novel, it's his daughter, not his wife. Okay. He's a retired. Oh, okay, so the Ms. Gennaro is not. Yeah, is not yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they don't have that issue here. So it says Leland wondered why Steffi had bothered with this. There was no pleasure in it, especially when it, when it led to a 70-year-old hefting his suitcases. Come on, he said. Maybe you'll be home early enough for Christmas Eve. That's all right, sir. You know, so again, yeah. I like the fact that that they, you know, when they when they were creating the script, they decided to completely change the character and have him this, yep. you know, hip hip 20-year-old as opposed to you know, a 70-year-old. But but what I found very yeah. interesting is the big change here that you know, you have this professional limousine driver as opposed to mm-hmm. Argyle who's this this young guy who who is not a professional you know it completely yeah. changes the tone of things yep. you know and it, also it, their relationship it lightens it up oh because yeah. it it leaves things open for them to have this little relationship that we're gonna get to over the next couple of days so yeah i like that well we have a few more things in, in the novel later in the week but you know we'll we'll get there so every monday sure. we we do a a segment called Die Hard on a Monday, where I will have yeah, I like it. where I will have my guest rank their top five Die Hard genre movies. You know, we've we discussed the fact that Die Hard has created this genre of one man against the world, sometimes against terrorists, sometimes not. It doesn't really matter. Sure. You know, but so Tyler, why don't you give us your top five? Start with your number five and work your way up. Okay, and I uh, for this one I did not include Die Hard, uh, just to challenge myself, I think a little bit. So, no, this one you're not um, supposed to. This is one you're good. not supposed to include it. Okay, uh, so because we all know is, that Die Hard is the best. You know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was going to be all the all well not the fifth Die Hard, but it would have been the other four. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so I, I actually just rewatched this. This would not have been on my list if not for uh, the the Couch Potato Philosophy podcast, which my wife and I are doing uh, and watching through. Not every Nicolas Cage movie, but a lot of them. Um, and we're watching because uh, basically she she realized she had seen nothing but National Treasure from Nicolas Cage, and I said, "Well, that's we can't do that." Um, so number five is Con Air. I, I knew you were um, going there once you said Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage, yeah. Uh, do you want to do you want to kind of give a blurb about each one of them, or just a re- whatever quick you want, whatever you, want. you do Beautiful. quickly, but you know whatever you however you want to do it. Totally. Well, this this one, um, I I hadn't seen it for years and years and years, and I think uh, I think I overlooked it. Um, it is it's just it's a blast. It's so strange his weird accent that he has throughout that that is inconsistent um, and strange, but uh, as well as all the uh, the crazy murderers that he fights. But it is Nicolas Cage against you know evil uh on a plane so it's it's fantastic yeah uh number four is uh is the raid uh which is a welsh indonesian film i don't know if, if you've seen it uh not as many yeah, people have seen, seen, seen it i've seen both of them oh, i can't and I, I haven't seen i can't say that i love them but you know yeah. i i appreciate the the way that they do the action yes and honestly that's more more than quality maybe overall of the film i i just had to put it on here for the action yeah. um yeah the raid is the raid is a fantastic film uh, i have not seen the raid 2 um i was living in indonesia when both of them came out and for some reason the the second one didn't um i i missed it i don't know why um the rock uh is number 3 so another nicolas cage film and that one is is just 
Man, I forgot how fun The Rock is. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a little movie. bit long. Uh, it's got maybe too much buildup. Um, and that, in fact, I was thinking as as I rewatched the beginning of Die Hard, the uh, the buildup and the setup and the the chess pieces that are put together in Die Hard are so well done. And in The Rock, it it takes maybe a little bit too long, but the action and and the humor and just the crazy Nicolas Cage-ness of it all um, is a blast. Um, I had a difficult time uh, going between my my first and second, and I I almost I kind of had to flip a coin. Um, they're all they're also very similar. Uh, my second choice is uh, Air Force One, starring Harrison Ford, uh, which I think I I might talk myself into it actually being my first one right now. But uh, the Air Force One, you know, the, the president who is Harrison Ford is fighting off terrorists who have taken over his plane. You know, we've got the, the iconic get off my plane line. Yeah. Uh, it just is a blast. <laughs> it is so much fun. And it's Harris. It's peak Harrison Ford with that, just that steely look on his face as he's, yeah. you know, beating up different people. Being uh, of Gary then, Oldman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. Yes. Yeah, speaking of Gary Oldman. Exactly. Um, and then number one is, uh, uh, Patriot games also starring Harrison Ford, uh, and against the, the best bad guy in movie cinema almost, which is, uh, which is Sean Bean, uh, and one man against these Irish terrorists who are out to, uh, to take revenge on him for thwarting their attack. And man, you can't get it better than Harrison Ford fighting Sean Bean on a boat. Uh, it's just, it's the best. So those are my, those are my top five, uh, diehard like movies. Cool. Great. All right. You want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter uh, at at Tyler Howitt uh, and I'm on uh, I'm on Facebook, but don't find me there because I, I never go there. It's basically just to post to, to post. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but uh, but yeah, don't don't really look for me there. Uh, I'm also um, we are we are will have um, we're, we're still getting set up and stuff like that for our uh, for the Couch Potato Philosophy podcast. So I imagine we will have Instagram uh, and Twitter handles for that, but at the moment we don't. So, all right, great. And finding me is very simple. All you have to do is do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, or you can go directly to our website. So, until tomorrow, yippee ki yay! Yippee ki yay! 